Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Slam Up Wrestling. Myself, Supreet, and this is the review and recap for Fight for the Fallen. So I'm joined by Abhishek Aneja, aka Abby Maniac. What's up, Abby? I'm absolutely fine, Supreet. How about you? I'm doing fine as well. In your opinion, how was today's show? Did you enjoy Fight for the Fallen? Uh, so the the thing is, um, I liked how they are advancing the the small small storylines, but the thing is, at a in ring standpoint, I didn't enjoy the show because I've seen a lot of wrestling in this uh, last three four days, so that could be the reason. But in general, it was a fine show. Mm-hmm. All right. In my opinion, I uh, enjoyed the show, and as you said, uh, there were storylines that are advancing with regards to Cody Rhodes. As we discussed, he is uh, showing size of a antagonist, and. With regards to FTR, Young Bucks, Omega, Hangman Page, and we also saw Chris Jericho, Orange Cassidy, and there was a good uh, match with Elite and Jurassic Express, and the new manager for Nyla Rose was unveiled. And the Nightmare Sisters, oh my, oh, how can you be so childish? How, how did they come up with such a name, the Nightmare Sisters? I do not, uh, I cannot fathom that. You could have gone with the old uh, Nightmare Collective, but... You know, now they have new people, so they got to have a new name for them. Nightmare Sisters, uh, you know, I, this is not a, uh, you are not in play school, to be quite honest. So I don't think that it is uh, going well with, you are here to wrestle, so you should have, uh, you know, thought more into how to name a tag team with regards to Ali and Brandy Rhodes. And then we had the main event, which was Brian Cage and John Moxley. There was also, it was also a great, uh, solid match. Both guys working to each other's weaknesses, I could say, or they had a plan and they executed it to perfection and Cage also got into, a, you can say, a new uh, transition into a new feud. Uh, was it smooth or was it not? It is up to the opinion of the people. So we are going to talk all of this stuff. But before that, uh, if you are new to this channel, then make sure to hit that subscribe button and turn on the bell for all notifications. We are in Slam Up Wrestling or all pro wrestling Related stuff, including reviews for Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, Dynamite, and New Japan as well. So, uh, the show kicks off with um, Jim Ross. Welco- uh, Jim Ross welcomes us to the show. 
and boy jr was high tonight he, um, <laughs> he thought there were uh, still doing fighter fest at one point he, he didn't know if sanikis was a he or a she uh, yes in the, in the start yes yes that's that's typical jr <laughs> so uh, taz was replacing tony shivani on commentary action kicks off with the tnt title match uh, cody versus sunny kiss sunny kiss had a big entrance with cheerleaders uh, match begins cody starts strong with a pump kick cody gets sent to the outside he skins the, uh, excuse me he skins the cat and hits the disaster kick action goes to the outside on anderson was giving cody some hard advice this allowed uh, sunny to regroup and attack cody at one point cody locks in the full nelson but sunny manages to escape and was back in control also it the crossroads for a near fall sunny heads to the top hits a 450 for a two count so finish so a lot of back and forth until cody hits the crossroads for the win a decent match both men brought out the best out of each other and like you, uh, you like you have been seeing uh, saying for the last 2 3 weeks uh, they were teasing the four horse four horsemen thing as uh, tele blanchard was scouting the match yes so yes, yes um, uh, the thing that uh, maybe th- they also heard the podcast uh, and they you know went in full throttle in this match and uh, there was also a thing which came about in the midst of uh, in the midst of last week that brian cage would be defending the ftw title at aw dark which was also a idea which we discussed against uh, brian pillman junior so that's also good and with regards to cody roads versus sunny kiss uh, Yes, now Cody Rhodes is showing signs of an antagonist, and we saw it in the early going with the pump kick right out of the bat, as you said in your uh, review. It was a relentless attack, and he was doing push-ups, showing off as he did in his uh, Ring of Honor days when he was uh, in an exclusive contract. he was also working with new japan here and there and it was a point that i alluded to that uh, in the last review of uh, dynamite or you can say uh, whatever that now they are going for a heel turn for cody roads and maybe uh, what would be happening we have to see that would arn anderson would be still with them or would he not be that would also be a question because we saw uh, you know you can say a much of animosity or you can say a bit of back and forth between uh, cody and arn anderson and tally blanchard was mentioned three times sitting ringside he was shown uh, on camera and with regards to sunny kiss sunny kiss uh, it was told that he is a 
six uh, he has six years of experience in professional wrestling he was wrestling stiff which is great you it should look like a fight not like a dance sequence and he also shoved the camera at one point his uh, 450 splash was very beautiful and the commentators emphasized on sunny cases uh, cases athleticism and leg strength and with regards to cody roads uh, some of the moves which happened one of the moves was the alabama slam which cody roads had adopted uh, in wwe from hardcore holly which was uh, at one point his tag team partner to sunny kiss on the rampway the wooden rampway typical heel move uh, in my opinion and he also performed the move that he used to do in roh uh, while he was a heel uh, for a near fall it was i guess uh, dens fire the vertebraker he used it in uh, 2018 and uh, arn anderson was also shown that he was uh, at many points uh, during the match visibly frustrated on cody uh, due to maybe i guess uh, you can say his uh, demeanor or maybe the fact that he wasn't able to put the concrete rolls out easily and quickly because as people would think that sunny kiss versus cody roads it is not even a competition on paper because cody roads is at a higher stature so he should put down sunny kiss as early as possible so maybe he was frustrated at that thing and Cody Rhodes also grabbed the turnbuckle pad off. That was also a heel move. So it is building. It is building, and now it is building fast. With regards to Cody Rhodes being an antagonist or a heel. Uh, what do you think about uh, Sunny Kiss's uh, in-ring performance? Does he still need improvement or? Uh, i guess it was a great outing in my opinion with regards to uh, this match and uh, it all depends upon uh, who the opponent is and who you are working with and uh, how it comes about because it uh, only wrestling doesn't matter in a match with regards to you should also have a story that also adds to the aesthetic of the whole bout so uh, with regards to sunny kiss in this match it felt uh, good it felt great and uh, the stiff shots were uh, great it looks good and with regards to some of uh, one or two maybe moves which are uh, athletic uh, athletic uh, that they look like uh, you know choreographed or something like that because it is basically athleticism on display 
but it is it goes fine if you are making it like anything like uh, you can say you are coupling it with the stiff shots and with your moves which are actually hurting which looks like hurting and your opponent is also selling the moves so that looks uh, like anything and your opponent is also a veteran with uh, Cody Rhodes so he would also be helping him uh, Sunny Kiss to go through the match so that also helps a lot with regards to the match so it in my opinion both the competitors gave a great match uh, a, a good match a TV match which you should expect you uh, would not be i guess expecting a pay-per-view level match uh, a pay-per-view level kenny omega or an uh, kazuchika okada match what you expected that you got but maybe a little bit uh, you got a little bit over in my opinion it was a better match hmm. so next up we had ftr versus uh, lucha brothers uh, Lucha Bills along with Butcher and Blade came out in FTR's mini truck. So, match underway, uh, Pentagon and Harwood started the match. Pentagon was taunting, but Harwood was in no mood. Uh, both men exchanged chops and uh, chops and strikes. Tag made in comes Phoenix. They botched a double team splash, which got <coughs> excuse me a two count. Tag was made to cash. Um, they started working on Phoenix in their corner. Match picked up uh, a little speed when Pentagon got in. At one point, Harwood superplexed Pentagon. Wheeler tried to follow with a splash, but Pentagon got the knees up. Phoenix tried to splash Harwood uh, on the other side as Harwood got the knees up. Uh, Wheeler tried to hit a tope tornado DDT, but didn't get all of it. Phoenix with a springboard dive takes out Wheeler. So legal men were Phoenix and Harwood. A lot of back and forth. Phoenix was showing of his agility, but Harwood just rips off the mask and cradles him for a pin and that was it a fine match with a great finish it was uh, a little little weird to see the lucha bros wrestle a very slow paced match in a ways uh, ftr exposed the lucha bros uh, what do you think ftr exposed uh, lucha bros uh, in what uh, sense with regards to tag team wrestling or uh, how yeah, you get my point because uh, if you compare a Lucha Bros uh, Pride Party yes. match to this one, it was very different. Mm -hmm. A Lucha Bros match is uh, moreover sports and fast paced. Yep. Mm. And FTR is moreover uh, story and moves. Mm hmm. Classic tag team wrestling. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Yes, you can say that. And also a bit of back and forth in between the ring, hard hitting uh, back and forth. That was also seen. And also, uh, just like the first match, we also uh, saw Tully Blanchett being mentioned and also uh, seen on camera. I guess they listened to the podcast, uh, it seems. And uh, Ray Phoenix's uh, chop 
made uh, Dax Harwood's chest bleed at one point of time it was seen that was like a wow moment and uh, Cash Wheeler's uh, Tope DDT was a little uh, very uh, you can say surprising because they are no flips uh, just fist so that was a little flip for FTR so that was a little you can say surprising and FTR at the end uh, one via pinfall after uh, unmasking Phoenix uh, the same finish uh, I have also seen at uh, in impact wrestling LAX or you can say Santana and Ortiz did it once I guess in impact wrestling that was the uh, end saga for uh, Lucha Brothers and uh, Santana and Ortiz LAX in impact wrestling one of the finishes was that yeah and uh, uh, FTR finally got their uh, key back with the help of the young bucks young bucks uh, they have to have the last you know the spotlight they have to get it they are so much uh, lustful for that did you just so, are you just shooting on the young bucks <laughs> <laughs> little bit because <laughs> Maybe it is coming from uh, the fact that I listened to the uh, Jim Cornette experience last week. So maybe that is coming from that. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That's not a good <laughs> And uh, the uh, Dash and Cash, uh, they dumped the peace offering milk cans in the face of Kenny Omega, Kenny Olivier. And, and uh, thus, you know, building for a future bout for the tag team titles between Omega and uh, Adam Pussy Bands Page. And uh, in my opinion, in my opinion, the ending, uh, you can say the post-match, you know, altercation was a very lackadaisical attempt by the young bucks and omega to generate some heat for the future because it looked so you know you can say uh, it looked like shitty broadway shitty broadway because they were holding kenny omega back that was also looking very shitty Mm -hmm. He was just, you know, inches away from FTR. What was he? Was he just saying something or was he trying to hit them? What was he trying to do? And, but in the, in real life, FTR could just, uh, you know, beat Young Bucks and Kenny Omega also maybe, I guess, to a pulp. But the fact is that that didn't look like you are furthering something that should have looked like that. Like uh, if you compare that to uh, the thing which happened with 
Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Mm -hmm. There is a difference, you know. Jericho looked legitimately, uh, you know, pissed, and there was, you know, distance between the two, and he uh, there was a build for the future. It somewhat looked like that. Yes, they. are irritated by each other and they want something for the future and they want to fight they weren't 2 inches you know apart and they were still not able to hit one another or fight one another it looked shitty in simple words mm. that's it 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 looked shitty it shouldn't look shitty that is my point it shouldn't look shitty at this level you are at i should say international television because it uh, your program also airs on fight app mm. it shouldn't look like that you are experienced wrestlers such segments are for selling tickets they are to make uh, people care so they shouldn't look shitty they should look like legitimately that you want to you know break the other one's uh, face or you are legitimately pissed at the other person it shouldn't look like uh, it is a part of a movie or broadway it shouldn't look like that because you are just inches apart you could have just slapped and it, it would have hit the other person mm let's see uh, i didn't uh, care for care much for the post match segment uh, but yeah i get your point i can understand that you didn't care many yeah. didn't yeah so you mentioned chris jericho so uh, he was next he came out with uh, the inner circle uh, they had uh, jugs of orange juices in their hands so he gets <laughs> on the mic <laughs> he gets on the mic and he he then talks about his win over orange cassidy from fighter fest 2 um he says it's one of the best matches he has ever had in aw history Uh, he then talks about how he dominated uh, in the ratings as well yes 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 <laughs> so so he then starts so he then starts explaining the ratings saying uh, the 18 to 49 demos are more important than the overall ratings he then, <laughs> he then brags about uh, that uh, he has dominated uh, that demo every week and calls himself the king of ratings and the demo god Yes, demo god. Yes, he then puts over uh, Orange Cassidy's performance last week's and also takes credit uh, for that. He says there will be no rematch as Cassidy had one chance where he did good but not good enough. Jericho pours some oranges, uh, one for him and one for Cassidy's dead career. Uh, Orange <laughs> Cassidy came out. Um, Jericho then trash talks him, calling him lazy, and ordered him to get out of his arena. Uh, orange gives him the signature thumbs up and thumbs down which signaled for a orange shower on the inner circle mm. ortiz was overselling this while jericho was not happy as his 7000 dollar jacket got ruined 
he asked for a towel uh, he got mad again seeing that cassidy's face was on the towel so people may get mad at uh, the rating stuff being brought up in a promo but it's chris jericho so he gets a pass yes obviously and it is real whenever you you know mention something real it it would get a reaction and it is good in my opinion it uh, regardless of whatever uh, opinion you have it might uh, either he is playing he is working or either it is his opinion you cannot uh, you know gauge that whatever he is doing it is it it is working so he has uh, full right to do it so who are you to say that it will garner a reaction and that is what it is all about because doing uh, bland promos that uh, with regards to that i am a fighting champion brock lesnar is not here every week that is bland but with regards to doing and mentioning something real that is what wrestling needs and that is what gets people's reaction and that is what uh, makes people watch and people care so he mentioned the ratings were that brought a huge uh, smile to my face and with regards to the ratings uh, he was talking about it on twitter too that uh, with regards to uh, many people did cody i don't know if he did tony khan did chris jericho did and they did because uh, they also you know gave uh, the overall uh, graph which uh, you know ranks shows and they also mentioned that the shows are ranked based upon the demo of 18 to 49 18 to 49 year old so that is what matters that is what they said and with regards to wwe the major uh, why are they getting uh, higher viewership that is because most uh, many of their viewers are above 50 plus so that is what uh, was being uh, seen in the ratings the graphs so that is what uh, was seen and chris jericho called himself a demo god and the commentators also throughout the night after this segment happened they were calling him a demo god or maybe a, uh, that is what would be his uh, you know new moniker or something like that the demo god and uh, with regards to uh, the segment he gave props to orange cassidy you said and he said that uh, he won't be giving a rematch then uh, you scared chant happened which uh, i have not heard uh, any time so it felt a little uh, good and uh, he poured one out for the orange homies 
in the ring and Cassidy came out lazily and the inner circle got doused. That's a new word I got to know. Doused by orange juice. They got humiliated and the towel of orange juice, uh, orange Cassidy, beg your pardon. It also got free publicity that it is available on shopaw.com and Chris Jericho was visibly pissed when he got that to clean his face and uh, you know after this happened uh, there was a backstage segment uh, with Jurassic Express and Alex Marways uh, taking the interview that also got uh, the ire of Chris Jericho with regards to the, the uh, maybe a future feud may happen with regards to Inner Circle and Jurassic Express. You know, mm. it is great that you have more content on uh, television building up in such interviews so that is also good to see good to watch i think they will be uh, stretching out this jericho cassidy feud till all out and we could see a possible involvement of mike tyson mm -hmm. quite possible yes so, uh, like you said, uh, after that, uh, Jurassic Express were making fun of Jericho. So, he was joining the commentary team, Chris Jericho. He was still mad at the orange incident, plus hearing Marco Stunt calling him a, calling him an idiot. So, <laughs> we get to the Elite versus Jurassic Express. Okay, first off, do you know what this pandemic has done to me? Uh, no. It has really made me hate spot fist matches. Oh, and this right. and this was a damn spot fist match. No offense to Jurassic Jurassic Express or the Elite. I love those guys. But that was my mindset seeing this match. So mm -hmm. I will not uh, run through this entire match. Just, uh, <laughs> just I will just talk about the key points. So Hangman Page, uh, he was seeing this match from a bar in the back where he was later joined by FTR. Um, Jungle Boy was the MVP, you can say, of this match. He looked great. Um, yes. There were a lot of spots, like I mentioned. Uh, they also did a crazy Canadian destroyer spot with Marco and Nick. So, Spinis saw Omega hit the one-winged angel on Marco for the win. So I, I am going to talk about the post-match angle, but before that, what did you think about this match? Mm, I have also, you know, gone to the art of seeing matches, which are not spot fests. Yes, I do not enjoy the, them not uh, too much now. So. Maybe it is a good thing or whatever the case might be. I need story. I need story, not uh, a spot fest uh, that you are doing just moves which uh, do not 
care much and there is uh, little to no uh, selling of the same so it doesn't it doesn't add to anything it doesn't look good to the overall scheme of things so with regards to the match we had great uh, athleticism display or lucha libre with nick jackson and jungle boy in the initial parts of the match and then uh, chris jericho makes an uh, good point to add to the match story that omega uh, is not uh, getting his t-shirt off because he is undermining the skill and talent of the opponents that is the jurassic express and uh, the the terminator dive or the rise of the terminator it has been a while since we have seen it so that was also a good sight to see and then uh, we saw as you said ftr joining adam pushpan's page at the bar who is an unlicensed bartender yes and earlier they uh, doused mel konomega now they being uh, drinking buddies with the other half of the tag team champions uh, maybe trying to draw a wedge between the two and uh, furthering the issues they had with omega uh, spending i guess uh, spending more time with the bucks that was the issue which was uh, you know affecting yeah. hangman page so that would be the thing that uh, ftr would be talking about with hangman page maybe it could be a thing and that uh, triple pile driver by elite on lucha soros uh, was great and we had another uh, like you said the destroyer just like last week the holy shit moment tonight marco stunt on mad jackson was it mad jackson we, or nick jackson uh, this week we had uh, mad jackson so you talked about issues so let's get through let's talk about the post match angle so it was looking like uh, omega was going to help marco but all of a sudden he started punching marco until the bucks had to pull him back so they have been teasing this on being the and we saw a small glimpse of it here on dynamite i think we are getting back the cleaner and and if that's the case then it gives a clear direction of how hangman and omega are going to split up oh yes mm-hmm. yes i also saw that on being the elite mm-hmm. omega's uh, ground and pound on marco stunt post match yes maybe it was the they were saying uh, the commentator said that the doused uh, milk frustration poured out uh, maybe yes you are saying it uh, to a t that it is a teaser to a heel turn for omega the cleaner is coming back so it is great now it is about time cody roads going to a he uh, personifying his best role 
Omega now going towards his best role, maybe. Uh, uh, I think so. It would be a welcome sight on uh, AW television. Um, so from that we get to Hikaru Shida. Uh, she was being interviewed. Uh, she talks about Nyla Rose. She says she is ready for any challenger. If you think you are tough enough, strong enough, and you have enough passion, then show her. She is ready. Uh, seeing this promo, you can clearly see that Shida is working hard to cut decent promos in English. What do you think? Yes, I also agree with the same. She uh, tries hard, and uh, she is, uh, you know, succeeding to a, a very good limit. With regards to her uh, cutting promos, she is not uh, bad. Yes, she is. Um, next up, uh, a promo segment by John Moxley. Uh, he says he has been upset uh, over a lot of things lately, but is excited for stepping back into the ring. He then mentions Taz's theory on Moxley not able to lock in the paradigm shift on Brian Cage because of his giant biceps. Moxley then says, if if that's the case. He will have to go after the surgical repair bicep and says he he is going to rip it off the bone. Nice little promo by Moxley. Yes, it was um, a great promo for the main event. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, then we get to the uh, Nightmare Sisters. Uh, they were facing. Uh, Brandy Rhodes and Ali, uh, they were facing Kenzie Page and MJ Jenkins. Interesting fact, though, uh, did you know that MJ Jenkins was one of the talents that was released by WWE in March? No, I, I did not. No. Uh, uh, she, she was uh, in NXT, I believe. All, all right. Uh, she yeah. also wrestled uh, in the Mayan Classic. All right. The thing is that uh, I <laughs> I didn't uh, watch uh, the Mayan Classic. That is the thing. Um. Yeah. And but the problem, you are just you are yeah, uh, saying things uh, about her. Uh, was it, are there any uh, were there any other appearances of her on uh, WWE television or no? She was rarely used in NXT. All right. And how is she as a talent, in uh, your opinion? Uh, I haven't seen a lot of her matches. Just I think I've seen one or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she is still green when it comes to in-ring performance. All right. Um. Yeah, so I was saying, so this match went about three minutes. Ali is a neck breaker, elbow drop on Jenkins, Jenkins to get the win, and that was it. Nothing much. You said it in the beginning. This was just a dark match used as a filler on Dynamite. Hmm. Yes, uh, they had to, you know, uh, just for the sake of it, they had to introduce the, uh, you know, the team. The characters of Brandy Rhodes and Ali on television as a tag team uh, on TV. So that was uh, their motive, and it was, I guess, a filler 
of sorts and the things that were uh, mentioned with regards to the match on commentary was that uh, the nightmare sisters such a shitty name they were <laughs> they were three nil on dark aw dark uh, whoever watches uh, more power to you the last week's show had a great viewership that was also you know sir, uh, circulating around that it had a great viewership it had higher viewership uh, than the uh, bella twins uh, show on youtube and uh, the other shows the bump or one or two shows more which are prevalent on youtube they had a great viewership and it i also watched the show not the whole show but only the match the first match which uh, had Sean Spears and Brian Pillman Jr i watched it for Brian Pillman Jr because there was uh, much of uh, you know i caught about much of the controversy with regards to Brian Pillman Jr as he there were some of the backstage pictures which showed up on twitter that uh, Brian Pillman Jr showed up at the uh, fighter fest in his ring gear he was seen backstage and uh, Brian Pillman Jr is with MLW MLW isn't conducting shows right now in the midst of the lockdown and Brian Pillman Jr want, wanted an out basically of his contract and mlw officials weren't in uh, you know in a mood or you can say in uh, in agreement to give him a release and why should you because you are in a contract and you are a big star and you are a huge draw why would you give him uh, give the talent such a release to go to uh, either it is a rival promotion or another promotion in the same industry to draw uh, money there and you are uh, now being hit in revenue as it is and now you are also uh, losing a talent who is a big draw like uh, Brian Pillman Jr who is a good talent in my opinion as far as i have heard and he i also saw him in uh, eli drake's show uh, podcast the uh, nwa it was being you know uh, getting uploaded since uh, till the time the speaking out didn't happen for their producer mm-hmm. so that's it uh, maybe that was the reason maybe that it got a higher viewership brian pillman junior that was the reason so aw dark 3-0 uh, for nightmare sisters there was a lot of miscommunication between the sisters whatever the fuck <laughs> they still they still one they were not on the same page ali 
was um, the last we saw ali was trying to seduce qt marshal uh, on dynamite that would have been i guess her path to get into the nightmare family group and sweetening her deal and uh, dustin rhodes wasn't uh, a big fan of ali and he didn't uh, raise her hand when they got the victory but he reluctantly afterwards did it so uh, whatever is happening you know let's see we have uh, this was the first time we saw them oh. with a shitty name and in a squash match let's see what happens in the future but they have to come up with uh something impactful which also transcends to the people which makes people care so that would be you know only the thing that we would be uh, you know having an opinion with regards to the nightmare sisters uh, nella rose was out uh, to reveal who her manager is going to be and it was none other than Vicky Guerrero. Yes, you were yeah. right. You were absolutely right, my man. You were right. Um, she says that Nyla is ready for the women's title. She then calls out the women's locker room saying that they should stop lying to themselves about how great they are because Nyla will steal every opportunity they have ever dreamed of. She then gave her her signature laugh and that was it. So I said this last week. Vicky Guerrero Vicky pairing with Dobb Ziggler and Edge makes sense, but not someone like Nyla Rose. What do you think? Yes, uh, I also uh, said it last week that they could uh, give uh, her a little bit of the other, uh, you can say, character of sorts, not being an uh, irritating, you know, bitch just like she was at WWE. She can be a little serious. So that could work, you know, be a little bit else than WWE. Yes, you put her, uh, put that excuse me, excuse me in the theme music. That's all right. No problem. That is, that is being used for, you know, the initial identity that you are immediately resonating with that uh, person that you know her that who she was but now what she will be we have to see her promo was you know to the point and now now we have to see what happens that will she be able to get the gold for Nyla Rose? Be a little different. That's all that I have to say. Now, she's paired up with a person of the same gender and not a person who is a coward. That is a person who is, a, you can say, a powerhouse, who isn't scared of anybody. And now the person has a mouthpiece. Mm -hmm. 
and having personalities, uh, different personalities, different people on television, it also adds to the aesthetic of your television show. So it is a welcome addition. So and with regards to will it be the same? We uh, her character. We have to see in the future. In my opinion, they should not go with the same character. Being that irritating, excuse me, excuse me, no. Have a little, be a little different. It could work. So we finally get to the main event: AEW World Championship match: John Moxley versus Brian Cage. Uh, Justin Roberts didn't announce Cage as the FTW champion because it's still not recognized as an official championship. Mm. Um, pretty much uh, promo by Taz. Taz made a mention of uh, Moxley's comments from earlier on, earlier on, saying it was just him just uh, spewing a propaganda. He said while Mox was quarantining with his wife, Cage was dominating every week on Dynamite. He then calls out Mox, um, and we had the match. Good promo by Taz, but uh, same can't be said for the match. Uh, this was uh, very uh, this this match was very similar to the Brody Lee match from Double or Nothing. Uh, Cage was uh, made to look like a monster as and as uh, Moxley promised, uh, he targeted the bicep of Cage. Uh, Phyllis saw Moxley locking in an arm bar on Cage. At one point, uh, he had both arms locked in. Taz then threw in his towel to end the match. Uh, this was a very creative finish to keep Cage strong and even the commentators were explaining that Taz didn't want Cage uh, to re-injure his uh, set bicep. Uh, what did you think about uh, the match? Mm -hmm. the, I, I uh, would like to differ a little bit. I actually, you know, I would like to say that it was a great match with regards to what uh, the story they were trying to tell in the ring mm -hmm. what the story they were trying to tell in the ring that was uh, great so i would like to give uh, the props for that and initially they were saying the point that uh, there could be ring rust for Moxley, as you said uh, in the promo. Uh, Taz reiterated that point, and Moxley, in his pre-match promo, said that he is going to target the surgically repaired shoulder. You know, uh, you you were saying, and Brian Cage was. Uh, he legitimately was injured if you are unaware of the fact that uh, he was injured and he was at home rehabbing the said injury if yes, you yes. are following him from impact wrestling you would be knowing the said fact that he was injured he was at home majority of his world title run at home with uh, Melissa Santos, uh, that is a great uh, uh, thing that also heals you. So now Moxley targeted the shoulder with the Fujiwara armbar, the cross arm breaker, the armbar, and also just you can say crossing the arm 
in the yeah, side like cages. I, yes. He, he he went full Zack Saber Jr. there. Yes. Yes. So Zack Saber Jr. is a uh, he is the master. So yeah. you have that his matches are seen for you know ideas. So he is the master. So John Moxley is just a student with regards to submission wrestling. So he crossed the arm and then kicked it in the side steps. And Taz mentioned everything in his promo with regards to him uh, Moxley quarantining and everything which is real. You know, as I said before, if you are saying things, if you are mentioning things in your promo, which is real, it gives an edge to your bout, to your selling point, whatever your selling point is. And it, most of the times, it makes people care. It could give, uh, basically it gives you ratings and it gives you a power and it gives people something to care. And that is the most difficult thing in today's world. Mm -hmm. Now back to the match. Moxley was targeting the shoulder. Meanwhile, Brian Cage is targeting the back after the German suplex on the barricade, which was placed near the ring by John Moxley. Obviously, it backfired on him. Afterwards, Cage had John Moxley in the torture rack when we came back from the commercial break. Then he had him in the camel clutch, also targeting the lower back. And then a snap suplex, which was a counter. Mm. on the steel chair that was also targeting the back realistically realistically if we see that every move if you put the other opponent on the canvas it would be affecting your back in some or other way mm. right or wrong and then, yes. and then there was a deadlift outside to the inside vertical suplex which is basically uh, you can say a, you have to give props to the strength of Brian K that yes core strength and that also attacked the back of John Moxley that move we have seen from some people we have seen from Cesaro on WWE television and in the end moments of the match we saw a series of submissions back and forth that was brilliant and in the end as you said Taz saved Brian Cage by throwing in the towel cause more time in the submissions could have resulted in re-aggravating the injury of Brian Cage and also also affecting the money of Taz because Brian Cage is the meal ticket for Taz. So if if Brian Cage is not fighting, Taz would not be getting any money. So the 
and the towel throwing can go a long way in the story and this business relationship of Daz and Brian Cage. Yep. And also, Cage didn't stop uh, mm-hmm. afterwards. And the thing is that, uh, back uh, just a little bit, Cage didn't tab or got submitted, as you uh, said. So mm-hmm. his status is somewhat maintained. Yes. He is still booked strong, as uh, people say. Yeah, and it was a great, uh, in my opinion, it was a great uh, outing for Brian Cage. He, uh, he, ha- he had a good match. And then we saw the post-match attack by Brian Cage on John Moxley, which also leaves room for a future bout. And plus he is a FTW champion. So there's uh, that too. Oh, yeah. So, and he has a title defense on AW Dark against Brian Pillman Jr. And I think that match has happened. Uh, that match has? Happened, I think, this week only. This week has happened. It would be airing next week, in my opinion. Mm. Let's see. I didn't see Dark, so... Well, let's see. It has happened, but it has not... Uh, we have to see. Yes, uh, in the post-match, we saw the return of Darby Allen. Lights out, lights in. We saw Darby Allen, who was in his uh, promos in the build towards today. We were seeing that he was talking about Brian Cage and being relentless, being fearless. And he basically got injured due to the relentless punishment from Brian Cage in the, I guess, casino ladder match, if I'm not wrong. Yep. It was brutal. And this, you know, gives us smooth transition to the next feud for Brian Cage and in this case also in this case also if this case this post match in the end moments of the match if this you compare with what happened with FTR Omega and Young Bucks mm-hmm. post match you can see the difference yes, where where was there more animosity? Where is the thing that you would care? Where was there which felt real? Where was there which felt like a fight? Which mm-hmm. looked like Broadway and which looked like a legit person being pissed off and wanting to hurt the other person? Yep, yep. It was this, in my opinion. Yes, yes. What was your uh, take with regards to the post-match angle? We are getting a Darby Allen and Brian Cage feud uh, in the coming weeks. And the uh, like you compared the the set segments, the Omega FTR segment plus this. Yes, I get I get the difference because here Cage was uh, being uh, pulled back from officials. 
and he mm. was really charging mm. towards the ring yeah i get i get that point yes and he was just trying to go inside and uh, i guess this was the best in uh, this was even better than uh, maybe the jericho one but jericho was in the ring and uh, orange cassidy was uh, in the crowd so mm. we cannot compare but this and the ftr one we can compare they were quite near mm. and this looked legitimate quite quite legitimate and he was pissed and he was going inside trying to fight this is what you uh, get you can say maybe it is maybe it is experience or maybe it is in which circles you have been brought about and you have been uh, you know learning the business so that also rubs off on you maybe it could be a thing what uh, you have seen yeah yeah so um another uh, point i wanted to bring out um, is it just me or john mox's matches in aw have been boring because um i would rather prefer his matches in new japan if you compare his uh, aw matches to one in new japan it's like day or day and night hmm i agree or i or it could be that uh, he works uh, he can have better matches with guys like pack and omega compared to guys like brody lee and brian cage mm. that could be a that could be a thing yes uh, i that could be a thing and that is also a factor that uh, with regards to aew you are uh, fighting uh, weekly mm-hmm. and with with regards to weekly television you keep your body safe mm-hmm. so you uh, fight in a safe style and you do not take unnecessary risks and fight in a stiff style that uh, requires a lot of healing time and uh, you can say have you resting at home for a period for a set period of time Mm-hmm. so that can be a factor that with regards to aw television he uh, mostly has to be at uh, the arena almost uh, every other week so there is little downtime and also the audience is different the japan audience likes the stiff hard the japanese strong style and the uh, united states audience they can go with the uh, normal uh, the hybrid style of wrestling that is his uh, prerogative and it also uh, the other the people who he is wrestling that can also play a factor that how do they 
want to wrestle and at what level are they currently in the promotion right now mm-hmm. if they are at a higher level mm-hmm. then they then he would be giving it all you can say he would be bringing his a game you can say mm-hmm. and he would be giving it all and bringing out uh, all his guns and giving and uh, you can say a four star maybe match mm-hmm. but if you are uh, wrestling a person who has just entered the promotion even if he is a big name or a mediocre name mm-hmm. in the other promotion or your previous promotion but he is just entering mm-hmm. there is a new audience they would not be uh, there is a new audience and they would not be maybe so much invested so mm-hmm. why would you be giving so much of that uh, right just in, uh, in their debut bout yeah. you would give your a game in your in the future when people are all invested in that they know the characters and that would be a bigger you can say stage and people would be more invested then give a big match then bring out all your guns yes sir and uh, with regards to new japan pro wrestling there were uh, wrestlers you can uh, compare uh, lance archer people were invested in him uh, if i am not wrong he was the champion united states champion yes and he was dominating the scene mm-hmm. so uh, it might be a factor that and also the thing is in new japan john moxley is the other person yeah so he has to prove there his worth that he he has something so he would be giving you know five star or four star or a plus matches he would be giving his all every other match because he has to you can say make people care about him we see his matches there i also enjoy his new japan matches more then his uh, all elite matches and i also questioned in the initial uh, bouts that why isn't he wrestling like he did in uh, new japan mm-hmm. then only one time i saw his match which had a glimpse of new japan that was a short match that was with uh, sean spears Mm-hmm. on dynamite it was hard hitting it it was a glimpse of new japan style but i didn't uh, see anywhere that style i like i liked his new japan matches more and i still do and i want him to wrestle that kind of matches but i can understand that he has to play soft because it is weekly television and he is the champion now so he would not be wanting to be injured and take unnecessary risks
So that that was fired for the fallen. Yes, that was fired for the fallen, and we also have a good uh, solid card for next week, I suppose. Yes. Um. So Cody will be defending the TNT Championship, and I believe uh, I know who the challenger is going to be. It has been revealed, or is it uh, a rumor on the internet? I'm guessing. Uh, are All you right. familiar? Are you familiar with the name Warhorse? Warhorse. Yes. Uh, he is. Uh, no. He is from uh, which promotion? Currently, he is he is a up and coming name in the independent scene. Uh, he is a cruiserweight style wrestler who cuts promos like the Ultimate Warrior. Basically, he is a gimmick guy. All right. Okay. Okay. And also, Cody name dropped him after hearing he also wants a title shot. So, could be a possibility. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, we are seeing many people. Uh, even uh, that happens, obviously, that many people are, uh, you know, mentioning on Twitter that uh, you can give me a title shot. That I want a title shot for the TNT Championship. There was uh, Eddie uh, Eddie Kingston, in my opinion. Uh, he is a good promo, and Ricky Starks. So uh, the, it has already happened. So there are people who are gunning for the title, and it can be a good thing if we ever see. But uh, Eddie Kingston is uh, great on uh, NWA. And we have to see also what is the future with regards to NWA because their main producer has been outed on uh, speaking out. So we don't know what happens. But uh, let's see what uh, is in store for next week for AW Dynamite. Uh, rest of the matches are uh, Hangman Page versus Dark Order is five. Uh... Young Bucks versus uh, Butcher and Blade in a false card anywhere. Uh, MJF will be in action. Uh, mm -hmm. Jurassic Express versus Jake uh, versus Jake Hager and Chris Jericho. And I think we are getting something new in the women's division because uh, Evil is uh, will be, will go one on one with Diamante, uh, two new women. Mm -hmm. Evil is was in Lucha Underground, I suppose. Yes, yes. Uh, all right. That is good to see that uh, new people are now uh, getting the opportunity. Just like in the initial AAW days, many women got the opportunity to perform at AAW. It is great. Looking forward to the match. I have heard their names. So I am very looking forward to watching them in match in the match so before we go uh, where can these guys find you uh, guys you can uh, find me on instagram and twitter at abby maniac a double b y m a n i a c and 
I am currently working as the general manager and commentator of Wrestle Square. Wrestle Square is a promotion, independent wrestling promotion in India. You can subscribe to the YouTube YouTube channel of Wrestle Square. You can you can find Slam Up Wrestling on Twitter at Slam Up W, Instagram at Slam Up Wrestling. Our podcast and reviews are mainly audio based. And if you don't want your YouTube app running for that, then you can catch Slam Up Wrestling on Anchor and Spotify as well. So this was the review for Fight for the Fallen. <coughs> Fight for the Fallen, and we'll see you guys next time.